So I'm not sure if you caught the first line of our reading today. Sometimes when we, when we hear the readings, it's kind of a in one ear, out the other sort of situation. Uh, but sometimes if you sit down and listen to what the Lord is, is saying, if we, if we ponder on, on these words, uh, they can have quite an impact. Our reading today started with the following. My son, if you aspire to serve the Lord, prepare yourself for an ordeal. For an ordeal. We want to hear Il Vangelo, the gospel, the good news. Okay? We sit down, we have to make an effort of getting up, washing ourselves, having breakfast, sitting down at Mass, and then someone says to us, if you want to serve the Lord, brace yourself. If you want to serve the Lord, prepare yourself for an ordeal. That's not exactly what we want to hear first thing in the morning, or any time of the day, really. Uh, we would much prefer, if you want to serve the Lord, prepare yourself for blessings, prepare yourself to be preserved from all harm, injury, danger, sin, and anything bad at all. Prepare yourself to skip through poppy fields, holding hands with Walt Disney as you make your way to heaven. And that's not the gospel. That is not what the Lord says. He wants to be a follower of mine. Let him renounce himself. Take up his cross and follow me. These are, this is what the Lord says. So, my son, if you aspire to serve the Lord, prepare yourself for an ordeal. Be sincere of heart, be steadfast. And do not be alarmed when disaster comes. I, 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 I wish this reading was, was different. But here we go. Cling to him and do not leave him so that you may be honoured at the end of your days. Cling to him and do not leave him so that you may be honoured at the end of your days. So this reading from the book of Ecclesiastes, it's very realistic. I mean, this is why like, scripture is, is so much more beautiful and powerful and relevant than, than we often realise. I think today, especially my generation younger, the, all of scripture has been summarized into this one phrase which isn't even in scripture these two words be nice what does the bible what does Jesus teach be nice what is, what's the bible all about be nice where does it say that anywhere in the where does it say be nice it doesn't it's not there now we have to be perfect as our heavenly father is perfect we have to be holy as God is holy um, <clears throat> we have to be like we have to be Christ like but it never says be nice. That's not a summary of the gospel. Some of the, some of the gospel is be Christ-like. Be, Christ, be like Christ. Be like Jesus. <clears throat> so this, this reading is, I think, uh, rather than getting us down, I think this should actually be a reflection of, of, of what life with Christ is like. And we should be ready for that. We look at the lives of the saints. So those who loved Jesus with all their hearts and souls. And what was their life like? I was just reading this morning about Padre Pio, who quite famously, uh, when he got the stigmata in, in 1918, uh, it became quite famous quite quickly, through no promotion of his own, but uh, he became quite well known uh, for, this, for, for his stigmata, and he would celebrate Mass very, very reverently, and he'd have these little mitten on, mittens on to cover, cover his hands so people wouldn't see the wounds, <clears throat> and 
<clears throat> people then were experiencing different healings and uh, sense of roses and all sorts of things. <clears throat> but uh, generally speaking, when the church hears of these things, it's sceptical, understandably, because <clears throat> you don't want people making a celebrity of a priest and running after some guy who maybe mightn't be the most balanced or might be actually drawing attention to himself or who knows what. So there was an initial scepticism as regards Padre Pio from the church. Uh, that said, they went to the degree of forbidding him from celebrating public mass. So there were some, some enemies of, of Padre Pio in, in high places and they informed uh, the Pope, Pope Pius XI at the time, that there was a, an, an unbalanced priest uh, uh, claiming to have the stigmata. And so he was basically, he was silenced. So he wasn't allowed to celebrate Mass in public, <clears throat> wasn't allowed to write to any of his spiritual children, <clears throat> wasn't even allowed to talk to his own spiritual director. So he was just shut down from, from the outside world, really. And his reaction was, God's will be done. The will of the superiors is the will of God. The will of my superiors is the will of God. God's will be done. Uh, it was also suggested then they tried to, to move him from the monastery that he was based in. Uh, but the people, typical Italians uh, from that locality, they started to riot. Uh, they said, if you, take, if you take Padre Pio away from the place, we'll we burn the place down. Um, so, again, uh, Padre Pio comes out and says, my blessed children, now I implore you to listen to me as you always do and return to your homes without harming anyone. This is what Padre Pio had to come out and say publicly because they were, you know, if, they, if you take our priest, we're going to trash the place. So, so all of this, all of this, why? Because he was considered to be, to be exaggerating or some sort of a madman. And then in 1933, again, the same Pope, Pope Pius XI, uh, lifted all, all restrictions on, on Padre Pio, allowed him to celebrate Mass publicly and, and, and to preach and so on and so forth. But he went through that very painful period of misunderstanding for, for years, for just in around a decade. So I think of the, the lives of the saints. I mean, if you aspire to serve the Lord, prepare yourself for an ordeal. Think of St. Faustina with her TB towards the end of her life, carrying this, this illness which was debilitating in so many ways. You know, she just wants to serve the Lord, just wants to, to serve in the kitchen, just wants to, to be a normal sister. And yet, even at a young age, she now finds herself so, so weakened that she can't lift the big pots of potatoes to drain them for the sisters without making a mess and dropping them all over the place. So she brings this, this, this complaint to the Lord and says, I'm just, I'm just too weak, I'm just too weakened. And he says, all that you do, do out of love for me. And so she goes into the kitchen and says, okay, all that I do, I do out of love for him. So she picks up the pot of potatoes and catches the lid and drains the, the water off the potatoes and thinks, wow, this, this, uh, this pot's very light today. Puts the pot down, looks in, and there's a, a bunch of roses inside. Just a little miracle from the Lord just to, to, to say to her, all that you do out of love for me, I turn into a, a gift. I turn into roses. So following the Lord won't always be easy. There's even a friend of mine who's at that stage where trying to decide will I just give in to what the world is asking of me or will I 
will I follow what the Lord is asking me to do? Because she knows that what the Lord is asking her to do. And this, 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 this struggle, will, will I, won't I? Mean, and the enemy is very good at saying, well, if you give these, this lifestyle up, you'll be alone or you'll be boring or you'll be forgotten. Whereas if you follow the Lord, well, okay, you get to adhere to the rules, but you have no life, you have no fun, you have no joy. Complete lie, obviously, but this is, this is her struggle. So often I think, I think all of us at some point, all of us will go through some sort of, if not interior, exterior battle or struggle because of our following the Lord. Hence the, the need for good community. Hence the need for a solid prayer life. And like we were saying yesterday, uh, we put on our own mask first. Uh, my, my first responsibility is for my prayer life and my faith and my walk with the Lord. That, that I have to get right first or I can't help anyone else. My son, if you aspire to serve the Lord, prepare yourself for an ordeal. Be sincere of heart, be steadfast, and do not be alarmed when disaster comes. Cling to him and do not leave him, so that you may be honoured at the end of your days. That you may be honoured at the end of your days. When the dust settles and all of these struggles have passed, and we find ourselves still clinging to the Lord, then we have nothing to fear. Whatever he has asked of us, we will have accomplished through his grace, and all for his greater glory. So we ask the Lord today to strengthen us in our battles, to guide us through all of our testing, all of these opportunities to grow in virtue, that the Lord may guide every step today and always. Amen.